This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by ComicBookClick.com. That's it, people. ComicBookClick.com is the one stop for all things Comic Book Click, our merchandise, our articles, and every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Visit ComicBookClick.com and remember, you, yes, you are worthy. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by ComicBookClick.com, and as always, I'm never alone, sir, please introduce yourself. How's it going guys, it's Jonathan here, aka Yogi, and I'm ready to talk Batman. Yes, Yogi is here for a very special occasion, it's the 7th annual uh, Batman Day, or the seventh annual Batman Day, has just passed this past weekend. Uh, I wasn't sure how long Batman Day has been around, but it turns out the first one was in 2014, and was roughly around the same uh, date that the first issue of Detective Comics came out. But somehow they found a way to um, move it closer to September. Uh, originally they wanted it closer to San Diego Comic-Con, I guess, to celebrate it one in, the, one in its own. But, uh, yeah. And when it comes to Batman, I was thinking really hard on what I wanted to cover as far as Batman Day was concerned. And I just couldn't get it out of my mind that there's so many great stories that have been told about Batman. To be honest, um, I don't know 100% if Batman's my favorite superhero. But his universe is hands down my favorite universe. Like that whole, all of it. The GCPD, the Bat Family, um, his entire rogues gallery. I, I really, really dig all of that. Would you say that, you're, that Batman is your favorite superhero? Oh, absolutely. Uh, see, and it's funny because I read a lot of comics. Like, I don't, I'm not like trying to sound like, like I'm superior or anything, but I've read a lot of, a lot of comics. And people, <laughs> right. they ask, you know, like, who's your favorite hero? And they expect, you know, like I'm gonna be like, oh man, Squirrel Girl or something, really like a deep cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's Batman, and it's really obvious. It's really simple reason why. Like I read comics for the stories, and right. Batman usually has great stories going on. Like if it's, uh, it, it's just a result of all these people living their whole life dreaming to grow up and write Batman, and when they finally get the opportunity, they put their all into it, and it happens all the time. So you're constantly getting yeah. good stuff on Batman. <laughs> yeah. I was looking through and, you know, it, there's been so many di- different iterations, uh, you know, over the decades, he's changed so much that I was wondering, do you think that the first Batman you're introduced to colors your impression of him? Absolutely. Absolutely. Who, can you remember your first, can you remember your first introduction? Yeah. Into Batman? Batman. It's, uh, it's Batman, the animated series. Okay. It's what they were awesome giving on TV. Right as I was born, you know, like no, nah, I was born in ninety one. No, this is the this is the stuff I was seeing when I was growing up. You know, this this uh, Batman every Saturday morning. So um, then came the movies, obviously, but um, yeah, BTAS shaped my entire perception of Batman, and what a way to do it, you know. 
Do you remember, uh, you know, you, you were probably young, but do you remember uh, any episode in particular that made you be like, wow, this is a lot more complicated or a lot more <laughs> deeper it's than probably, I originally thought? It's probably going to be like Heart of Ice. It's because it's one of those episodes that I s- still remember. You know, you, you kind of have the the ability to not remember exactly what you were doing or where you, where you were when you watched it the first time, but <clears throat> you remember how you felt. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. And I definitely remember how I felt watching Heart of Ice because it's confusing. You know, you, usually the cartoons made for kids my age, it's very simple. The bad guy is the bad guy. The good guy is the good guy. The good guy wins. The bad guy loses. But it was so complex. You know, the way they set up Mr. Freeze's origin. We talked about it on the show before. Uh, and as a kid, you know, I don't even know if I can fully remember how I took that. I just remember being like, okay. That was different. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's very different. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess that a little bit of that shows you uh, the nuance of the rogues gallery. Um, that's one of the first introductions that you had was the, to the animated series. So seeing something like Heart of Ice had to sh- had to be the, the make the statement that not everyone you're going to meet is going to be a black and white villain. Hundred percent, and uh, yeah, that colors from yeah. That ends up shaping the way you look at stories as you grow up too, you know. Right. But so <clears throat> I'm sure. Thank you for shaping the way I enjoy entertainment. <laughs> One of that uh, episodes that I remember as a kid thinking this is out of control, and even now to this day I still watch and it still uh, gets my heart pumping. Is um the over the edge episode where um. Uh, Batgirl is dosed with fear toxin. Yes, and thinks, oh, she has a like a dream where she falls off a building and lands on Commissioner Gordon's car, and <laughs> Commissioner Gordon uh, unmasks her, finds out that it's Barbara, and basically brings hell down on Batman. Um, I was like, this is <laughs> this is crazy stuff. Like, you got like SWAT teams busting into Wayne Manor, uh, Dick Grayson um, getting caught at his apartment. You know, trying to get a a, a go bag, um, you know, a bunch of guns raised at him, all kinds of craziness. Um, obviously, all the Harley Quinn stuff. Uh, basically, yeah, one of the things that the the animated series did for me was um, it made me very interested in villain origins <laughs> because almost every one of them that were introduced there got some sort of origin in there. We got a lot of two parters. We got a lot of um, character development and now as an adult going back and reading some of these stories it's amazing how many shot for shot adaptations they did as part of that animated series oh yeah and all the writers that they brought in oh man so good i'm I'm, I'm always like as an adult you go back and you look at the credits and you see oh lynn ween or like uh danny o'neill and you're like what the heck you know i did not know that yeah and not for nothing and i guess it's it's because right after the 90s we hit probably the most commercialized uh time in america where we're at least aware uh but they didn't necessarily have to do that right they could have done any cartoon that made any you know like a bunch of silly noises and pies and stuff and it would have just been it would have sold the toys and it would have did what it had to do i guess it goes back to what i was saying about the comics to where it's a group of creators that really 
has a uh, they really have a connection to the source material and they've always wanted to tell this story and they present it to the studio in the right way and they finally got the and then and uh, lightning in a bottle you know but yeah yeah 100 percent. and you had batman the animated series you also had uh the new batman adventures uh which is basically the same thing, the same thing. uh yeah. I, I like i like that the score was like sweeping um very it, it took a lot from the um the burton films but it it was like from all the the art design and everything it was a labor of love to get batman introduced to a whole new group of people and again if you go back and watch any of the episodes it's handled with a level of seriousness that i don't know if they knew it deserved <laughs> does that make sense i guess they knew it, it deserved it because they brought it up in the first place but i'm watching some of these episodes and i'm like this is like a like a police procedural like this is you know like this is a drama from what they said it took a lot of uh inspiration from the fleischer superman stuff from the 40s so like you know it's uh it's taken very seriously but you can still give it to kids but um when introducing batman to a whole new generation it's like uh, I'm that generation. I specifically am that generation. I can attest to the fact <laughs> that they did so successfully. <laughs> uh, what about other animation? Are you into anything else that uh, Batman's in? And other animation, uh, Batman I'm Beyond, a, the Batman. I'm always loving the uh, the the animated movies that they do, especially the one to one adaptations. The like, the, oh, Dark yeah. Knight, the Dark Knight Returns and stuff more than definitely the Hush. That uh, they try to fit within that old weird little oh, madness. <laughs> no one, act, no one asked for it to fit. It didn't have to fit, but no, they, it didn't. Yeah. Nope, it didn't. It could have been an easy seventy-five minute movie, but whatever. <laughs> you know, um, but uh, you know, there's a lot of other other Batman adaptations that might have came out as I was growing up, and we kind of aimed towards children that were a little younger than me, and I never really got into them, like the Batman, or yeah. I, I didn't give the Brave and the Bold a good shake, and I. I regret that, so I'm definitely gonna go back and check that out. It's uh, it looks a lot better than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some of the episodes, and it seems like kind of bombastic, like just ridiculous <laughs> on to be ridiculous, but also very informed, like a lot of Golden Age um, and Silver Age Batman stuff. That which which is kind of my uh, blind spot, I guess you would say. Well, sure, I, mean, I think it's a lot of people's blind spot because it's a, it's stuff that you don't exactly have to know anymore and the the stories aren't and the stories are so dated you know they're so dated like oh you've got to be a a real completionist to want to go back and actually read those things and if you can truly find some enjoyment out of them (laughs) other than than, hey that's cute then more power to you but and that's when they were trying to stick every yeah. I'm throwing everything against the wall, see what's stuck, right? Like yeah, he's right. Gonna right after the, and he's gonna <laughs> It's right after the uh comics uh authority was created and you know they weren't allowed to do the darker Batman stories that they've been doing for this entire creation. So now we're at a point where we have to try to make this stuff for kids. So we've got like a bad dog, ace the bat hound, and right, right. We we were introducing all these different weird uh, Silver Age stories. It's it, Silver Age was a strange, strange time. How do you feel about um, the mo- the four movies in, in our time? I would say the uh, um, Batman in eighty nine, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. Oh, I mean, as an adult, I haven't gone back to watch them because I enjoyed them as kids. 
And I really know, has it been has it been I, a while? It's been a long, long time. I don't want to. Oh wow! I don't want to do it to myself. I really don't want to ruin it for myself. <laughs> right. I remember enjoying them as a kid. I remember spamming. Um, <clears throat> was Batman and Robin? Is Batman and Robin that has the poison ivy kiss? Oh, yeah, 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 over yeah, the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yep. that I spammed that movie as a kid. But I mean, I, <laughs> it was made for me, right? I was a freaking kid. But it was very different from the cartoon that I was watching too. I could tell that off the bat. You know, this is funny. This is a joke. It's comedy. It's got tape over his mouth. It's a gag. I could definitely yeah. tell. Uh, but um, <laughs> I I'm they almost killed the franchise. So <laughs> nothing, nothing to be grateful for there. Okay, it, it there there were certain things in it that like highlighted the wrong stuff. Like I I had a Batman and Robin Batmobile because that blue the blue inside you know kind of like the see through engine and all that kind of stuff super cool looking but not very Batman like not very tactically Batman <laughs> so there was like a, there was like a lot of that kind of stuff where it was like. They they just kind of made stuff for those uh, films in general. It kind of got further and further away uh, from what I guess they wanted to initially do. But um, just like the animated series, that my movie is Batman Returns, and it's, again, like when you look back at some of these Batman movies, uh, may not be everyone's favorite, but uh, just like the animated series, the the lengths that they go to to explain Catwoman and explain the Penguin. That's my bag, like <laughs> those origin stories and and all that stuff moving forward from there. Um, and Michelle Pfeiffer in a cat suit licking Batman was an awakening for me oh, of some oh, sorts. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, uh, I I don't know what that is, but I think I want that. I want a cup of that. Can you? <laughs> I've never. Uh, I, I didn't know I wanted someone to lick me. <laughs> I didn't know right, right. <laughs> Good, yeah. Um, and obviously, we have to talk uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, Warner Brothers recently put out, a, I, I guess it was probably a DVD featurette about it. Um, that, uh, sorry, they put it out on YouTube. That was probably a DVD featurette about the Dark Knight trilogy. And just going back and just seeing like the level of care that Christopher Nolan had for that entire thing, the level of seriousness. Can you remember your first thoughts? Oh, as that trilogy was rolling in, like maybe yeah. your initial thoughts of Begins, what you thought at with uh, the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. So for Batman Begins, we actually had class trip to go see it in uh, in IMAX. Uh, wow! I remember, yeah, that was, uh, what 2005. So I had to be 14, uh, and that would have put me in what. Like, Seventh grade or something like that, eighth grade. I don't. Know, I didn't get left back. Yeah. So whatever grade is whatever grade a fourteen year old supposed to be in. <laughs> but uh, right, right. <laughs> so we did. We went to go see Batman Begins, and I, it, I didn't understand any of it. I didn't know what was going on. It was, it was a little much for me, honestly. Yeah. It one hundred percent. I didn't. I walked out of there like I, I, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, there was cool stuff. There was a lot of bats. Uh, I remember a roof scene. But it's kind of dry for a child. For kids, I, I, I as I remember not just completely ev- the entire movie went over my head. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. There's a, lot of th- there's a lot of themes and a lot of the music isn't necessarily um like fantastical, you know, it's very driving. Uh so I, I remember I remember seeing the trailer for Batman Begins 
and literally opting out. Like I remember seeing the trailer and going, that scene, I, I get it. I get you guys are trying it again. And maybe you guys are trying, I guess, a spooky Batman. Because I oh, remember all the Batman Begins um, uh, promotional material was like that weird sepia tone and stuff. So I was like, oh, what are you, what, what are you guys trying to do? Um, it wasn't until the trailer for The Dark Knight that I think I saw Batman Begins, which would probably be two years later or something similar. I think it's three years later. Three years later? Well, the trailer would have been two years later. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm completely down for this. By the Dark Knight, you were sold? Um, <clears throat> okay, I, honestly, like, I, don't, I didn't see the Dark Knight in theaters. Uh, okay. And I don't remember seeing it until it was on home video. Because right. I, think, I think I had dismissed the, the, this franchise, this Batman franchise. I think, one, I was in a weird teenage phase where it's like, yeah, am I am I too old for this stuff? Uh, right. But, but um, very, very shortly, I would find out that, no, I was not too old for this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I want to say I watched it maybe on TV or something and, or, or, or on DVD. And then I was like, well, this... Joey, this is insane. You're like, this is crazy. I don't even think I realized it was connected to Batman Begins. <laughs> like, right, right, right. It was so new. It was such a Batman movie compared to the last one. You yeah, know? From start and, to finish, yeah. And and this is this is my thinking as a teenager. You know, as an adult, I know a lot of people don't like Begins, but as an adult, I like Begins. As an adult, I, I it's not my favorite movie in the trilogy, but I like Begins. It's the, I'm like, okay, this is a good movie. I, I would I can see how it went over my head as a child, but now that I get what's going on, I can dig it, and and especially if if it was just meant to be build a foundation for what was coming later on, right? No, I I agree with that completely. I um, it it took me watching The Dark Knight and then begins to gain that level because I wasn't sure what Christopher Nolan was trying to do. I didn't know him from uh, many other things. I had seen uh, Inception. I, I guess that's around this time, <laughs> um, and. It just, it was this weird level of seriousness that I wasn't used to yet. And when it comes to these movies, especially if you've seen a couple, it starts to become a game of, oh, what are they going to, what are they going to show that they believe is important to them about Batman versus what is important about Batman? And I think everybody who, you know, gets a uh, shot at adapting this huge character they have their favorite parts of the character, you know, the parts that they feel like they need to be in there. And um, one of the things that I loved about the Dark Knight trilogy that I think besides probably maybe the animated series and obviously the comics that needed to be nailed down was that relationship between Gordon and Batman. Oh, yeah. And th there's just a level of respect there and friendship there, um, even though it's only three movies that you believe. And that informs so much about those two people and all that they do in Gotham and for Gotham. Um, and great, in my opinion, great movies like that and the animated ones um, are supposed to inform uh, people who might not normally read comics, right? Pretty much. Does that's, that make sense? That, that's if you're if if you're going for an introductory. Well, I will, okay, so. <laughs> There's a con. There's got to be. You got to put context to it because it can't be that way every time. We're at a right. point now where we have seen Batman so many times that I am 
not interested in it. And another introductory Batman movie. No way. Right. No way. Right. But, but in 2005, the franchise was almost dead. So <laughs> this was absolutely necessary. You needed a reintroductory, yeah. and then you needed the, the big movies afterwards. So that, that was absolutely necessary at that point, yeah. Yeah, we're getting to a point where, like, like, like folk tales, everyone knows Batman's origin. For sure. Or they, you know, or they should at this point. And um, we're, we should be getting away from it, but they can't stop with those damn pearls, bro. <laughs> they can't stop with those pearls. I don't mind if we're just going to flashback one time or whatever, but like, we don't need to spend 10 minutes on that. I don't need to see. I know he went to Caesar. Or I get it. I get, you know, I get it. He's traumatized. He's fucked. He's messed up. I get it. <laughs> I think in that first four movie span, there was a flashback in every movie. <laughs> like in every movie, there was some sort of scene of the of the the death, and it's like, I get it, man. I I, to, I totally get it. I will, I will um, say too about begins before we move on from the trilogy that yeah, <clears throat> as I said, uh, I had a really weird mixed pit. Pit patched together viewing of the trilogy in the beginning. So by the time uh, Rises came out, I waited for it to come out in home video, and then I watched the trilogy as a story, like as one. So it's it's why I guess I'm more like my first real adult view of the film came as one, like as as, as all, all three movies as one story, basically over the say over the span of one weekend. So that's why I guess more forgiving of both Rises and Begins, because a lot of people just want to tell the the Dark Knight. But I, I like all three personally because I can't I, I can't see them separately. <laughs> is that is that similarly to like somebody who may have read an entire trade trade paperback and not had to wait for the issues to come out? One hundred percent. Oh my gosh. When it when it comes to comics, uh it absolutely depends on the writer here too, but the experiences are two different things. Reading in the yeah. reading the trade paperback is one full story, and reading it month to month, it, sometimes reading it month to month is almost impossible. Like, like yeah, yeah, like, a person like Jonathan Hickman or something who's just like spending the whole run like lobbying grenades into the future, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, right. Like, it's so like you want to read something like that uh, in in bunches. <laughs> you don't no, totally read that month to month. Um, is there anything as an adult that you could look back and like say you respect from the trilogy? Like one of the things I mentioned was the um, the uh, you know Gordon and Batman relationship. Another thing that I want to mention, and we'll get into it when we talk about stories, is I think it was incredibly intelligent to have Ducard slash Roz be one of the early trainers of Batman. Um, I think that was like a cool twist, sticking sort of kind of to the mythos that of that you know uh, was created around Roz. But like, what a smart way to figure him in to everything. That's absolutely smart, and it shows attention to detail. You know, like yeah, somebody knows what's going on. I think what I respected most about the trilogy was that someone was willing to come in here and treat this with such respect. And hold it with so it with so much weight and put so much weight behind this character that I'm sure people had kind of given up on. Like these, these went back to this cheesy stuff, but um, to, to come in and do that and and accidentally change the uh, shape of DC superhero films, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the future. 
Uh, and and then uh, drop the mic, right? Like, you just you just like change everything and then just drop the mic. All right, I'm out of here. I'm no interest <laughs> in anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, uh, and and got to be one of the best uh, portrayals of Alfred. Oh yeah, in, Michael Caine in Batman. Aluminium. Oh man, I love uh, it. When I first heard your your cries <laughs> down the hall. Guy breaks my heart. I failed you. <laughs> I failed you. Um, I gotta, I gotta say before we get off of, um, you know, the mass media, gotta give props to Lego Batman. I, I feel oh. like Lego Batman was a, an achievement in the sense of okay, so we we get it now. We all get it. Like we all get what the joke is about Batman, and we all get how we can laugh at him, but still respect the mythos and all that. Like it, it felt like true almost like a like a roast you know how someone usually you don't get a roast unless you're extremely successful or there was a time where you only got roasted if you were extremely successful it felt like that like batman has reached a point where he could be parodied and it didn't feel like meet the spartans you know it didn't feel disrespectful at all no and got like kind of got the relationship of him not wanting a family and all that in the middle of a bunch of immaturity and a bunch of joking stuff um you know the relationship between him and Joker, uh, really, really <laughs> funny stuff. Um, and yeah, like it, it, it's one of those things we talk about all the time that you're only able to parody it at that level when you have that deep understanding of it. You can't make those jokes um, without understanding how ridiculous it is in that universe. And so it took people giving a damn to make that movie, and I'm, I'm happy it exists. Definitely. Lego Batman, uh, I didn't know how I was going to feel going into it either because you see the trailer and you're like, uh-oh, this is going really bad. Right. <laughs> this yeah. is really bad. This could be uh, smack Batman in the face for two hours. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> right. like you said, great stuff. Um, let's get into these stories. So I asked Yogi to come up with five Batman stories that he thinks – changed batman at least for him or even in the history of the batman mythos and i did the same um uh we also are gonna have a couple of honorable mentions because there's so many batman stories and we're trying to stick primarily to batman central stories as opposed to him being featured in other stories but i'm pretty sure those will come up in conversation as well but i want to talk about the stories that changed how we felt about batman um through different gears different books different art artists and authors um and i guess i'll start off uh by and these are no particular order either i actually think this is kind of a good checklist (laughs) for things to read if you haven't about batman that will challenge how you feel about him and how you see everything in case you haven't read these particular stories this first one's going to be a bit basic but um, I'm going with Batman Court of Owls. Uh, you could even l- lump in there City of Owls if you want. Uh, that's issues 1 through 11 of the New 52 run, written by Scott Snyder with art by Greg Capullo. Uh, this is this is what started my issue-to-issue Batman reading. Um, the, the New 52, for everything that it did wrong, having a clean slate to jump into was something enticing for me. Um, I was challenged by the continuity of it all, um, but not. I don't think it should have been thrown out. There should have been some kind of uh, easier way to f- feed it to the rest of us. But 
when we didn't have that and I only had this, I really felt like I got Batman and I really felt like I got the universe. Like that book immediately starts off, I think, with him beating up a bunch of people in um, Arkham Asylum. And it's like, what is Gotham? And they're talking a lot about, you know, whether Gotham's Batman or whether Gotham is the, the its villains. Um, you create a brand new antagonist or a group of antagonists in the Court of Owls. And now I'm following along this mystery with all the older readers because they don't know who the Court of Owls is. It's not a situation where um, they're leading clues to Man Bat. And I don't get it because I haven't read, you know, those issues where Man Bat was there. Having a new adventure to go on, a new villain but someone that was lived in like lived in the gotham universe lived in in the batman universe um the all, all this lincoln march being my introduction to if somebody just shows up with a very serious name they're probably going to be the villain <laughs> he was my uh my the first iteration of that uh the talon being such so badass the whole labyrinth um gotta go with court of owls it was adapted um, in the Batman versus Robin animated film, where we got to see the labyrinth and the talent. Um, I heard that they were on Gotham, the Court of Owls, and they are supposed to be making an appearance in the Gotham Knights video game. So I am going uh, Batman Volume 1 for the New 52, Court of Owls. I always thought it was cool that the uh, owl thing ended up just being Owl Man. Like yeah. from uh, yeah. <laughs> it's because I didn't you know you don't see that coming at all but it, it, no, no. it ties back into Batman's mythos you know the alternate version of him is is uh, Thomas Wayne Jr. you know Owlman that's, yeah. cool that's cool as hell did you or do you see Lincoln March as Bruce Wayne's brother? I when when I read it I didn't like it because it felt like. The, while the owls felt like something old and new, that felt like old and old. Like you're just trying to put something in the past that wasn't there. I like the idea that he thinks he's crazy. You know, I like I like uh, that of it all, and I like that he would that the court at least would would try to spin that on Batman. Oh, what are you gonna do? But long lost family members, I think, is a sometimes a death nail gimmick. Uh, if you will, I'm surprised Kane lasted as long as he did, considering you know you're just gonna be the brother of that guy. <laughs> I think it. Uh, I think when I first read it, I I took it as a possibility because first there's a precedent there already exists. You know, Thomas Wayne yes. isn't a new thing type for per se. Just the idea that they existed together or in the same universe is. But then there's a pin, the pin, the pin that never got explained yes. away. <laughs> yeah, I remember the pen. So, but I mean, obviously now continuity is in flux, and it'll come out on the other side or whatever. But uh, at the time, I was totally uh, convinced that yeah, that was him. And when we, you were reading, when you were reading this, is this a situation where you read these with crossed arms, like this new Fifty Two run? Where you, was it something you were hesitant about, or I don't think so. At the time, uh, you see, I. When I first started reading comics, I spent the first few years like, okay, I tested out what I was going to like by going down the top 25 greatest lists or top 100 greatest lists. Right. And some of the DC stories were like a lot for me. Like I, I read, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know what I was supposed to read and why I wasn't. So I like, I read Final Crisis and I was like, man, this is melting yeah. my brain. I don't know what 
is going <laughs> on. Like, I'm going to read the Marvel stuff for now. I'll come back. Like, I swear, right. I will come back and try to get this lore because there's a lot of it here. So I went and I, and I read, I caught up, I basically read like all the major stories and, and I caught up on all of Marvel's history. <laughs> and then I was right. like, it's time to read DC. And so it's 2010, 2011. All this new 52 stuff started right as I was going to get into the lore. So it's like Batman, this new Batman thing that I read. I didn't have all the Batman knowledge that I did yet. So I didn't know what to what 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 to look for, what to be angry at. I was just like, okay, like, <laughs> let's see what this is going to be like. <laughs> and it was great. I couldn't tell the difference. I, I, it was Batman. It felt like Batman. I was like, all right. This is awesome. Yeah. He's missing the underwear. But right. it, it works. You know, I, I remember... Um, having the issue one and then uh it was like oh wow this is worth a lot of money now it was like for like a few months it was worth like a hundred dollars for whatever reason wow. it was like wow there's a batman number one and how that was the big thing there's a batman number one for the first time in 80 years or however long it's been <laughs> right <laughs> i think that it's worth uh oh the story is worth something alone um doing the artwork in the labyrinth as you spin the book like as he's going crazy, the book makes you like turn it upside down and turn it around. It it it's crazy. And they talked about how they had to fight to get that done because people would think it was a misprint that they turned the page and it doesn't it, it doesn't line up with the other image. But yeah, that it was supposed to help with the madness that Bruce Wayne was going through in the labyrinth. It worked. Definitely. What do you got on that list of yours, brother? All right, so I gotta get. I'm gonna go like uh, I didn't. I didn't put them in any order, so I'm just gonna just Good. grab right. off the middle. <laughs> I, um, so I, I, I guess I wanted to talk about how uh, year one, year one. We're gonna start from the beginning, I guess. Year one is the only Batman origin I've read. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> bull, bull, because I read zero year. I just don't count that at all. Yeah, zero years kind of light. <laughs> it's kind of light, yeah. It's it's the it's it's the Batman origin. If they ever decide to change it, it'll be the one I stick to. It's uh, it's such a good freaking story too because you go into it. And I don't know. It's like this is early reading. This is very early reading because you get on the you you find these lists and they tell you what's required Batman reading. Your one is on the list and you're like, okay, this is Batman origin story. And you go in and it's a it's a Jim it's a Jim Gordon origin story. Uh, yeah, man. Almost. That's what I. That's what I wrote down. I was like, "This is half the story is Jim Gordon." Exactly, and 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 you're not disappointed by that either because it's it's handled so well. I, I, it's it's my origin for Jim Gordon too. That's what this is the foundation for any version of Jim Gordon that I see on TV or movies. It's got to be. It's got to build off of that, or it's not going to work. That uh, that that stern in the face of corruption, Jim Gordon. You know, like that's yeah, fight, fighting co worker cops because they try to jump him to get him. You know, on the same page as them. I mean, and I, the vulnerability that they gave, like they showed with Jim. Oh man, is there's these scenes where he's sitting on his bed and his pregnant wife is behind him, and yep. it's it's supposed to be like you know vulnerable. He's fucking in his weakest in his, in his most naked moment. It's just the the, the uh, I guess I didn't know what to expect from comics yet. So like I was like, wow, you know, I didn't know. They they could show these characters like this. You know, all I know is what I've seen in the in the movies and stuff. This is awesome. Like this is great. Is this what comics is? Yeah. 
Right. And like we were talking about with Lego Batman, you know, the joke, um, a, a lot of the jokes in Lego Batman are oversimplifications of the mythos. Uh, things that you may say or joke around about if you don't really know too much about what's going, you know, too much about what the Batman mythos is. And one of them was that all Commissioner Gordon does is flick the switch, right? <laughs> That's an easy joke to make in the mythos. Uh, Gordon's just there to flip the switch. But it's stories like um, year one. Like I said, like all the, all the inner monologue stuff about trying to quit smoking and being transferred and not wanting to um, deal with the corruption. And then following, I think it's what's, isn't it Flash home? <laughs> yeah, following him from like a drunk uh, poker party or something like that, and just beating the hell out of him. He's like, he's not gonna tell nobody. Showing him his blood the- too. The it's uh, cheating on his wife with Sarah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it's it's, de- it's deep. It's not clean. Neither is the Batman stuff. The matches Malone, the prostitution uh, uh, um, fight. <laughs> he's fighting prostitutes in the street. He's, like, he's very confused about the, what's going on. It's like this little girl's. Uh, I mean, that's another great thing about the story too. Is like it's not. It's not black and white at all. Like that's, no. that's both these guys have, and and both of these guys are learning that as well. Like, yeah, and goes in there and he walks down the street and he sees a little girl hooker, and this is Holly. This is Holly Selena's, uh, you know, little little uh, ward. I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, he doesn't know that she's okay. Like she, this is her lifestyle because he doesn't understand that that people are willing to do what they need to do to eat. And he doesn't get that. And he's like, I saved this little girl from being prostituted. And she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I got to make money, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, 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 you're messing up my life here. <laughs> like, you stabbed him in the leg. And <laughs> she stabbed him in the leg. <laughs> he's like, what? What? He's all confused. I thought I, I, you're, you're, you're being trafficked. You yeah. <laughs> I'm he, gets, he gets shot in that, doesn't he? He gets shot. He does get shot by uh, by the police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not. It was not his day. Very were, things were not going. Very realistic and still relevant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned. Um, you know, uh, Gordon. It being you know half Gordon, half kind of Bruce in this uh, story. One of the other things that we have to mention is that, like, I guess you said it best in the sense that because it's not black and white. This is also another characterization of the city of Gotham, right? Like this is this is kind of Bruce Wayne and um, Jim Gordon navigating an already crappy, an already corrupted, and already uh, divided uh, Gotham, um, sure. which that flies in the face of certain people who like to believe that the birth of Batman created a lot of that stuff. Um, this is one of the stories that shows that this was something he had to deal with initially, which is something that they ultimately take into stuff like the Dark Knight trilogy. I think they pulled a lot of uh, that's another that we're talking about the Dark Knight trilogy. Really, they do respect a lot of the stories that they pulled this stuff from Long Halloween, Year One. Yeah, so yeah. so good. Um, I'm gonna go with a uh, personal favorite of mine, and. It's a pretty popular story. Uh, also, modern Batman Under the Hood. Nice. Uh, gotta go with Batman Under the Hood. Um, it's a comic story under the Batman title of comics that ran from November 2006 to June 2005, and then November 2005 to March 2006. 
um, written by Judd Winnick and primarily illustrated by Doug Mankey. And so this was the first story that I bought because this was the first story that I watched, um, the animated uh, film. Oh, man. I think the animated film has to be one of the most famous Batman animated adaptations. It's one of, of all time, and it's and it's a uh, and it's not like and it's not even like a one to one adaptation. It's like a, a amalgamation of like two different stories, three different right. stories, and it's so right. good. Like it's so freaking good. And I, I didn't, you know, we talk about, um, so like a court of owls. I I mentioned as like this was this it defined a it defined Batman a week to week Batman for me. It gave me that I had read all these other stories and it gave me those, you know, insular Batman's the ones of those one shots or miniseries. Um, Snyder allowed me to be familiar with somebody over, you know, weeks and issues. This was the first time that I was like, Oh, this gets kind of serious. Like the idea that a Robin would come back from the dead seemingly and face off against Batman and say like, not only are you doing this the wrong way, um, but I can do it better. And then on top of that, the whole heartbreaking um, uh, monologue given at the end of the Robin feeling betrayed that Batman didn't kill Joker. Like all of that still, you know, gives me chills. This idea that like, I'm not saying you have to go around and kill every villain ever. I'm just saying, I can't believe you didn't kill this one for me. For what I what he did to me, I'm like damn, like I can't beat that. He he's got it, he's got it figured out there, and it obviously introduced um, the Red Hood as an anti-hero, uh, Jason Todd as the Red Hood, which informed so much of my fandom moving forward. I've cosplayed as the Red Hood before. Um, I've read all of all of the red hood that there is to read i've read the lost years i've read um his little bit in hush i read every red hood and the outlaws um red hood outlaw red uh, hood and arsenal um not the not the greatest and well-developed character but it starts with this and it starts with um even batman being able to face off against this guy with seemingly a mexican standoff like situation and still find his way out of it <laughs> you know he's like I'm gonna. You're gonna have to kill me, Bruce, or I'm gonna shoot the Joker. And he finds a way around it. He's like, Nah, I'll just figure something else out. <laughs> and he, he did it. I just, I can't say enough about, uh, you know, the the film and and the book. Um, I even, I even heard, I heard that you had such good friends that they once bought you the first appearance of the Red Hood. Yes, this is true, and I have it locked away. I saw it. I almost freaking cried. Um, yeah, this uh, uh, <laughs> I do. I have a very, very good friend who was able to secure that for me, and I am um, trying to figure out because I think they're going to end up doing it in Titans, and obviously they can't do it shot for shot. Um, I don't think they're going to die. I think I don't think they're going to. It's just going to be like a new rebranding, right? He's going to be like, "Man, you guys are douchebags. You're not doing this the way I want to do it," and I don't know how that's going to sit. <laughs> gonna, yeah, I don't want them to just put on a leather jacket and be like, you can call me the Red Hood. I don't. Because they're talking but, about the Red Hood is in the next season of Titans. I'm like, Jason's not even dead. What do you. What do you yeah. <laughs> That's he's still like 12, I feel like. <laughs> he still feels kind of young. <laughs> I guess they're trying to say like he's not important, but it's going to be weird seeing that tiny, tiny little boy 
and be Red Hood. So, so we gotta talk about um, the the best adaptation, though, right? The best, most truthful adaptation of uh, Under the Hood, which is the Batman Arkham Knight video game, <laughs> where they swore <laughs> that they would give us a brand new villain and a brand new story that we've never seen. And they ultimately just gave us under the red hood. I feel like they had no choice but to lie, but they <laughs> like like the people figured it out so fast that they were like the only way <laughs> to to hide it is to straight up lie. Right. <laughs> yeah, they, no, that's exactly what I'd be like. Uh, there's a new villain who says that his way is the way that it thinks should be done. Is it Jason Todd? No. <laughs> well, why would you Not say at that? all. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've already done all the voice acting, the voiceovers. <laughs> Everything's already locked. <laughs> They're like, there's going to be some cool DLC, though, guys. Don't worry about that. Cool colors for your tanks. Uh, what do you oh, got up man. next, brother? Ooh, fun times. All right, next I had uh, it, it's just, this one's not this one's not actually like a full story. It's one annual issue, and it's very recent. And uh, and the whole run is not yeah. and this and the whole run didn't deserve to be on the list, but this story right here, this particular story did because it's the uh, it's the Batman Annual number two from Tom King's run. It's okay, yeah. the story of the end of. That Bruce Wayne's life, I guess, basically, <laughs> like, right, as, right. as Tom King perceives it, because more people will give you an ending, and more other people have given you an ending. And I guess, as a comic book fan, when you're given these endings, quote unquote, uh, it's up to you to kind of decide which one you want to keep, because comics are an everlasting thing. There will never be an ending. Hopefully. Right. You know, I'm just knock on wood. <laughs> no, there right. never though, but when it comes to the stories, there'll never be an ending due to the nature of of business. You know, right. so as a, as a fan, if if you're given endings, you know, if you're lucky enough to have them, then it's up to you to decide which one is yours. And this was the one that I chose for Batman, where he's basically he, he the gist of the story is that he's grown he's grown old now. You know, he lived almost a full life, but he's got a brain tumor. So this is the end. He's got, he's surrounded, he dies on his bed, surrounded by his family, the Bat family, you know, all the members of the Bat family, you know, like, grow, and, and, and Selena's there, and, and, and they have a child, Helena, and she's Batwoman, and his legacy can continue, and he doesn't have to worry about Gotham, and he doesn't have to worry about anything, and he, it's, it's beautiful, that's, the ending I want for Bruce Wayne. I don't know that I'm, I don't know that I, uh, I don't know that I even remember another ending. <laughs> I guess guys, as, as, as <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know about plain black and white endings, but like, I, I tend to look at like kingdom come. Like I, te- I tend to look at what people assume the eventuality of a Batman becomes. And it usually is somebody who's by themselves alone, still kind of trying to fight crime. Like still trying to keep his eye on, because I guess the Dark Knight Returns would be a, a, a version of older Batman as well, right? Like it never truly ends. So to have a version of his ending allow the man to rest, very as very well put in um, Avengers Endgame, right? Yeah. Like 
let let him, he can rest now. Like let him let him rest. And that's what Selena kind of becomes uh, for him is the person that allows him that, you know, gives him that. Like he won't give it to himself. And a lot of other people look to him to always be him. And I feel like that's one of the things that was a bit touching about that portrayal of that couple is like for everything you give the world, I could at least give you this, I could, you know, at least give you. And they're still arguing about where, where they met. And stuff like that in the classic couple fashion. <laughs> I thought that was. I, thought, I always thought that. I, I I'm kind of sad that we didn't see a thing about it. But I always wondered what 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 did Tom King mean by that? Like, what was the angle b- b- from uh, of them not remember? Is it like a cute couple thing? Is that what that was? I thought that was a cute continuity thing Is that it? she she <laughs> remembers the meeting in year one, and he remembers the meeting. I guess how they met. <laughs> Originally, canonically, or whatever that messes me up. I can't map that at all. Yeah, I gotta find out. I gotta find out because it's the boat in the street. I'm assuming is what they're arguing about. Um, and yeah. I gotta just double check if whether or not Catwoman debuted on a boat she in did. her first. Of, she did. She did, huh? Yeah, it's yeah. um. They even redrew panels of it in the run. Uh, okay, it's. Uh, I saw them redraw panels in, in yeah, late like closer to Bane City, right? It's or City the, of Bane. Uh, it's where the Papa Spank meme comes from. You're right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Calm down, oh, Papa Spank. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, it's 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 the it's the first appearance is on a boat. She's trying to steal pearls or something like that, which is where yeah. the 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 uh, Christopher Nolan gets the, trying to steal pearls, but he made it Batman's mother's pearls, so like which is a bit which is a bit much. I just <laughs> saw in Batwoman someone straight up stole the the pearls. Oh, you can't just have those around. Like, what's going what? on here? That those Why? Really... That's what I'm that? saying. Lock and key. What's going on here? Um, I'm gonna pair yours. Uh, you know, you you sat there and you gave me, um, what I would assume is the best of the bat and cat stuff that we got from the Tom King run. He's eventually gonna end up writing his own series of books that hasn't started yet, right? The bat uh, cat it, stuff. It comes out in December. I want to say issue one. Right. Yeah, issue one starts so, in December. Uh, Thirteen so, issues, something like that. Twenty. And and, uh, and although twenty issues is pretty good. Something like that. Yeah. Um. Although, um, I you know I initially my my first Batman film was Batman Returns, so I have a thing for Catwoman, but I never got Batman's thing for Catwoman. And if you remember in Batman Returns, he kind of got her because she was hot, but there was no like real like. He wasn't after her, if that makes any sense. And I could never understand the getting after her part until I read Hush. Uh, Batman Hush, uh, you know, issue 609 to 619, written by Jeff Loeb, penciled by Jim Lee, inked by Scott Williams, and colored by Alex Sinclair. Um, I, I loved the mystery. I loved the Rose Gallery. But the thing that makes that book for me is Batman and uh, Catwoman's relationship. Batman's inner monologue, her, all her um, art, art, uh, sorry, acrobatic um, uh, feats, how they were drawn, how you could see like each movement, uh, each version of her and each uh, second of movement. Um, Jim Lee's artwork, I mean, come on. Hush, Tommy Elliott being this guy who um, is mad that both his parents didn't die. Like he's jealous of Bruce Wayne 
that both his parents didn't die. Uh, he much rather um, have gotten the full inheritance, and he blames Bruce Wayne for that. Like it's all jacked up. Um, there's various um, red herrings and fake outs as you're trying to figure out what who this person is and what's going on. And ultimately, you have what I would assu- what I assumed initially was a pretty satisfying ending until um, we got the changes in the animated film uh, that weren't so great, but. Besides it being so good that it deserved an animated adaptation, um, Hush is also in the Arkham series, and I believe it's been hinted that he might be showing up in Batwoman oh. this season. Um, <laughs> be- but that was the initial plans when Ruby Rose was still there, was that uh, he-, he was going to show up as Bruce Wayne. But uh, we'll see. I I loved Hush. I I. I debated putting it on my list, but I, I had a feeling you would like. It's one of the stories that like right. somebody's gonna have it. <laughs> like, so yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's so it's so require Batman reading that as you go as you become more and more informed about comics and as you read more and more comics, it's one of those things where it's like okay, you 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 it maybe loses its luster, but you have to keep it in that context. You have to remember how you felt when you first read it. You know, like that. No, no, you're you're a hundred percent right. When it came up to making this list, um, I remember thinking like, I, I I was initially bored with naming the classics, but there's a reason why they're classics, right? Like that's the whole thing. It's like, it, it, like like the best wrestling matches or the best movies. Um, yeah, the, now it's become cool to dissect, 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 and get all the way to the bottom and be like, it wasn't really that good. But if it made you feel good when you saw it initially and you dug it, like, follow that energy. Um, a lot of this stuff, I didn't want to necessarily write these um, long, you know, I'm, I'm known for my long synopsis when it comes to um, stuff like this. But I didn't want to do any of that with this because I wanted to remember how I felt and what I could remember from it. Yeah. Um, it, these these things, these stories wouldn't have m- much staying power if I can't remember anything from them, right? So, like, especially Hush, like, I remember um, Joker standing over Lincoln March's body, or Tommy Elliott, same same difference, Tommy Elliott's body um, with the pop gun, you know, and just the drawing of his face and how crazy, absolutely crazy he looked. Um, just stuff like that. It, it, it should have a lasting memory. For you, I guess uh, I, I was gonna save this one for last because it's my favorite, but it's such a good segue. Because talking <laughs> about stories that get, I guess they, I guess as time goes on, people are like, oh man, these these that's kind of overrated. I don't know what everybody saw in it, but they're not seeing things within the context of when these things were created. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna talk shit, you know, like respect the thing, <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 like, what it did for you to enjoy yeah, your- you can't you can't sit around when the wheel was invented and be like oh wow a wheel it's like, like this so was the first hard. one it's made of stone. <laughs> that's so stupid like how can you right right you know right. like 100 like, percent. yeah so like and, and and talking about this like the dark knight returns it is it is still like because i can because i try to keep it within this context it is still one of my favorite batman stories like i it's when i first read the dark knight returns i don't know i don't know that i was ready 
for what was in there. Like, I don't know what I thought. You know, you get this. I, I have Batman. You know, like, I have my idea of Batman. I, I guess I've read some other comics now, and I've I got this idea of Batman here, but but the but the Dark Knight Returns gives you this whole. Uh, <clears throat> I guess I guess if, what Christopher Nolan did with the movies, you know, where 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 he took this the where, where it, to me as a teenager, where I'm like, man, all that cheesy stuff existed, but now look at this Batman. This is cool. Or at least that's what I was thinking about that. So this is yeah. thinking when I first read the Dark Knight Returns, like I did not know comics could be that way. Like I didn't know, right. I, I, <laughs> I didn't know they could be handled with like, I know it's a little, I, I, if I read it now, now that I've read more, I, 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 uh, I'm like, well, it's not, it's not, it wasn't so like sophisticated or whatever. But at the time I felt like, Dude, this was this was handled with like adult gloves. Like this is this is crazy. Like this is this is Batman. Like <laughs> I right the the, the eh, there's some stuff that gets cut out of the animated version of this. Like the inner monologue, which is some which was some of my favorite stuff. Like the he's walking across the tightrope and he's talking about how I wear this yellow logo on my chest as a target. When I'm the target, I have bulletproof. I have fucking bulletproof. Uh, I have a bulletproof shield. The, the villains are right. and all this stuff that I never thought of. And I'm like, what? The f-? <laughs> it's blowing. Yeah, it. he becomes a much, in my opinion, he becomes a much more methodical Batman. Like he becomes a much more. He, he, it, this is the first allusion to us in his head, realizing that he's doing the homework all the time, at all points. He's measuring angles. He's counting bones. He's, you know, he's trying to see how many people have firearms, etc. Um, it, you're right, 100 percent that the story's legacy uh, precedes itself. Dark Knight Returns, and um, if sometimes you may forget uh, where you know where it comes from and and how innovative it was. I think one of the other cool things about it is that you have you start off with the OG, uh, you know, kind of wrinkled and and messed up. Uh, blue and and gray suit, and as the book continues, it just gets darker and darker until it's just black, gray, and black, which would inform Batman forever after after the fact. <laughs> um, so, like you you have that. I I call that like the badass Batman, and I mean it. I mean it in the most cheesy and like and literally badass way. Like he's both to me the 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 action hero like the the bruce willis kind of like or you know what i'm saying like like a diehard esque especially in uh, 1985 when that would have been like what like that's that's exactly what it was right like him (laughs) you you talk about the tightrope there's that scene where he uh goes to like shoot the tightrope he gets shot he falls off this skyscraper and in falling, finds a way to like turn, shoot the damn uh, the grapple gun into the helicopter, pull Harvey Dent out of it. Harvey Dent's falling, and he still grabs him. Like it was out of an action movie. Like this feels like Mission Impossible or something like that. Um, the, the the lightning strikes and him just showing up and pulling people through windows or through walls. Like he was a force of nature. And even with the um, like he's always been a martial artist and always been good, uh, you know, hand to hand combat. But I felt like there's something incredibly, uh, brutish 
about this Batman. Like he's a brute. He 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 he's a scalpel in the sense that he knows exactly what he's doing and how much impact is gonna do what. But he is a sledgehammer. Like he's just just this big brawling man. And that fight with the freaking uh, mutant even, out of control. Even, it, it's because you know it's it's one story, but it's like four four stories almost. Yeah, it's yeah. like. Uh, and they're all so good on their own too. Like the Two Face story, getting back to the, the the mutant story, the Superman story, the the Joker story. They're all freaking amazing. Like I am, I, I still love these. Like I still, I went, I bought the first prints. I had them signed by Frank Miller. I had them signed by Klaus Jensen. I have a trade paperbacks that I don't have to touch the first prints. Like I, I yeah. love this damn story. And I can see why people would be like, oh, well, in today's world, you know, like this, we have so much of this. What we've done it, we've seen it done and with more nuance. And I'm like, you, you know, like that only happened because this foundation exists. Yeah, it exists. And not that, and not that Frank Miller was the, the guy who came in and, and created this, this darker detective version of Batman. I mean, he sure definitely, uh, he sure definitely helped. <laughs> he definitely yeah. did the foundation I was laid, but, uh, but, um, you know, uh, like I said, keep it in its context. I think that that book also has, like what you were saying, peak Batman inner monologue. Like you can't beat the inner monologue there. There's something about how Frank Miller writes that particular story. And I do think that the other subsequent sequels aren't as good. Oh, no, no, um, I don't know. I didn't even want to talk about those. I try to act like I, they exist. <laughs> the, the, this can get old, but in this raw version of this story, everything is said almost caveman-like. You know, like words are taken out almost like there's no time for them. You know, he they, everything is said very direct and almost in grunts, you know, like animals. Um, and it's intentional, all of it. And it, it it colors so much of what we know about Batman now and what people are trying to do with Batman moving forward. Has the most famous Superman and Batman fight in comics, most likely. Um, the Joker's amusement park killing scene and his death, snapping his own neck. Kathy Kelly as Robin. Uh, huge, huge things. Um, what do you think about its two major adaptations? Uh, the two-part animated film. And uh, BVS, <laughs> the two-part animated film I thought was great. I just I, I was so disappointed that they cut out all the inner all the inner monologue, all the inner dialogue. It's all gone. Yeah. They didn't even find a way to have him say stuff out. I mean, and and some stuff he couldn't have said out loud without sounding cheesy. But damn it, so <laughs> right <so> important. <laughs> like, and they had the voice for it too. He, they, he totally could have killed it. So Peter Weller, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, BVS. A lot of people give it like you know. A lot of people don't like it, but as I as I'm finding out, I guess more people liked it than I thought. Like, like I yeah. guess I don't know. I, I I personally I wasn't concerned because so many people had hated it. I was like, you know what? I'm fine. I mean, I'm on a hill by myself. I like it here. I'll set up a house. But as right, I, right, right. As I look out the window, <laughs> I think the other house. What, what do you think? What do you think about them taking so much from? Uh... I think Dark Knight Returns taken so much from like they took so much from Dark Knight Returns without without um, I don't I, how how can I say this? I, I, I think that the, I think that there's a lack of weight there was, because of the time it was a lot you know it was a lot the time 
that was that there's there's time there that you can't make up for. The time in the Dark Knight Returns. No, I said there's time that you can't make up for. Like the time in the Dark Knight Returns. By then, yeah. Batman had been friends with people for so long. His friendship with Gordon, his relationship to Gotham, his friendship to Superman. Um, we when he starts yeah. talking yeah. crazy, when he starts talking about like, oh, we've always been criminals. It's supposed to make you think like, wait, wait a minute, what's going on here? But it was weird to get that as the first Bruce Wayne in a shared universe. That's, I think that's where they kind of messed up. That's exactly what it ended up. That's exactly what it ended up being. Like it was a, it, it, it was the same problem with the Superman too. Like it's like this. The the, the uh, some of the things here are, are done with the with the implication that like like or or, or with the idea that you already know Batman's story or <laughs> like you already know. Yeah. You already know, so you should be able to move on from there. And I guess I, I, I saw it that way, but I don't know. I don't know why I was able. To, I don't know why I was so forgiving of it. But I was like, yeah. I was. I guess I already. I've read so many Batman. I've read so much Batman. I've seen so much Batman. I was like, I, when he says, you know, we've always been criminals, Alfred. I already know what the. I already know what he's talking about. So I was. Mm. Able, I did fill in the blanks that they should not have been. <laughs> like. Right. Should not have been these blanks, but I was able to do that because I wanted to. I guess I was, I this, I wanted to. I guess that's what it came down to. Like I, I, I was fine with it. So I, I yeah. and it pulled so much from Dark Knight Returns that I was like, you know what? I'll, <laughs> this is awesome. I'll never be able to see this much Dark Knight Returns in live action again. Right. <laughs> I was gonna say that too. What do you think about that? Um, the, the possibility of seeing that adapted again it won't happen it no. won't happen i mean first of all the the Snyder messed it up for everybody else <laughs> right I, I don't think we get another i don't think we get more batman versus superman anything <laughs> right 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 and if anything and we should not have gotten batman versus superman first you know it should have been world finest we should have gotten a team up film if they can have the confrontation and then team up in the end like all superheroes do, so be it. I know that Zack Snyder thinks he's above doing superhero tropes. It's weird because they, like they, that's kind of what they do in this film, but then they decide the thing that they should fight fight also then brings in Death of Superman. Which yeah, is what, it's like, wait, what? Like you don't have to do you I'm, don't have to do this stuff. They spoiled like I would I hate that they gave Doomsday away in the trailers. I will never forgive them for that. As much yeah. as people hated it, I feel like that's because they had so much goddamn time to think about it. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right, 100. percent Four yeah. months to think to yourself, why? Why exactly are they doing Death of Superman? <laughs> because yeah. you know, you know, Doomsday means the death of Superman. Not only that, his existence there proves that they will have something to fight, so they won't be fighting for long. Yeah, so you first of all, you gave away the the idea that they're going to team up. Like, okay, I, I can understand giving away Wonder Woman. I get that. It's a big marketing thing. There was no reason in the world to put Doomsday in that trailer. At that moment, I'm like, they're going to kill Superman. And then and <laughs> everybody else says, you know, they're going to kill Superman. And then right. a week later, you're like, what? Why are they gonna kill Superman in the second movie? It's fucking dumb. I feel like if there would have been a shock fact, if it would have happened out of nowhere, like like what? Like did they right. do that? Like that was crazy. Then people would have been more accepting of it, and even like they they would have been okay with it. It's almost like the Baby Yoda thing, where I feel like if they would have given Baby Yoda away in the trailer, 
like three months early, people would have had three months to hate it. He would have been yeah. Jar Jar Binks before the show even started. Yeah, yeah, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, do you remember if it was telegraphed um, if Gwen Stacy was going to die in Amazing Spider-Man 2? I actually, was that telegraphed as well? I think like Green, I think God was Green Goblin in the trailers with Gwen mm. Stacy in his hands because I think it was. Damn, damn. No, I was, I was, uh, I was um, overseas when they went out of that. It was emotional material, and that sucks. <laughs> that's like the only thing Gwen Stacy is famous for. So when, right, right. When when she's in like the first movie, you you uh, you, and then you see Green Goblin in is it the second one, the third one, uh, second one, second one. You kind of know. You you kind of. <laughs> it's Jason Todd, right? Yeah. Like, this 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 bus is never late. Like it's it, it, it's always gonna happen. We just gotta wait on it to happen. That universal uh, constant. Oh my God! We, oh, we got to mention from year one. It, does year one introduce the father? I will become a bat, or is that yes? Well, uh, no. I feel that actually no, no, no. That 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 that's a recap. that's the actual and that's the actual origin. I'm gonna find uh, issue. Out. But uh, year one, year year one introduces the. Introduces the uh, the Bruce Wayne on his knees with the parents in front of him scene that yeah. everybody does for the rest of history. But I don't think it does, Father. Father, I shall become a bat because I really remember seeing Father, I shall become a bat uh, in Silver Age. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, the original origin has a, a bat. That's it. It's an omen. I shall become a bat. And then right. Frank Miller turns it into the cool scene where he's hurt in front of the fire and he's stabbed. <laughs> And then the fire, and then the bat comes in after his long night with prostitutes. He's going father. through a lot of <laughs> going through a lot of things. It's a sign from my father. Yeah, because he lands on his head. No, but in the origin, the original origin was pretty stupid. Like a bat, he he's sitting down and he's like, "Man, criminals are stupid. I should like, man, well, I should scare them." And then a bat flies by the window and he's like, "That's it. I'll be a bat." <laughs> Is that where that line <laughs> comes, comes from? The uh, what uh, criminals are? A yeah, it's the it's. Verbatim, the first it's the, the the speech that he gives in his origin uh, in the forties. Criminals are a superstitious, cowardly lot. So my disguise must be able to strike terror into their hearts. Uh, must be a creature of the night, uh, black, terrible. Uh, uh, as if an answer. A huge bat flies in the open window. A bat. That's it. Yeah. It's an omen. I shall become a go. bat. <laughs> good thing. Good thing. Nothing else flew in there. <laughs> we got oh, a very squirrel. different uh, superhero. Squirrel man. Squirrel man. It's <laughs> exactly what I should be. Um also before we get off that, I also want to mention what year one the we mentioned this on the DC fandom episode, but that awesome um you have eaten well speech where he comes through and basically lets the oh. rich people of Gotham know that it's a, it's a wrap. I love that. I love that so much. You He's mean. like, yeah. By the way, guys, uh, it's been a wrap. Uh, so, and it's you all won, over. you won the animated version of uh, the animated version of the story. I think it's one to one adaptation. Like there is nothing, and I can't think of anything right now that is missing. I can't think of anything that they added. <laughs> I think it's okay. And, he, and the man kicks a tree. It's straight everything. <laughs> kicks a tree in half. <laughs> I believe it's straight up. I, like it's a straight up. 
take the page and put it on the screen. I was like, I yeah. respect it. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm up next, but I have to ask, are you doing the your the holiday themed one as your last one? My me me? Oh I uh, I guess up to your last one, yeah. We're up to my last one, but I wasn't I, sure what your last one was gonna be. I was gonna do the uh the Damien. Because my okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you sit on that then, because we'll just gush on that at the end. So yeah. I'll go with Batman: The Long Halloween. Um, Beautiful. Thirteen issue uh, comic, limited comic series written by Jeff Loeb, with art by Tim Sale. Um, this has to be hands down my favorite Batman detective story. I legitimately didn't know who the hell it could be. The way that everything was written, the way that the artwork worked. Um, yeah, I think the artwork takes a bit to get used to, but I think it, it kind of sets the scene. I lost you, brother. Like it, it's this weird world where everything is kind of wonky, and um, the villains are not treated like main events. They're treated like like everyday's Tuesday. You know, like this is just a year in Batman's life. Um, I think it redefined the way Batman, the GCPD, and Gordon work together. Um, I think it, it definitely redefined um, what's his face, uh, Calendar Man, Julian Day. I really like that spooky version that like has riddles and a bunch of stuff written on his head. Um, and you got Two Face in there. You, this is like one of the bases for the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, I, they're gonna take parts of it for the Batman, and I don't blame them. This is another example, like we were talking about before with the um idea that the mob is there like it's there's so much more than just the what you would consider the um the kind of mustache twirly um rogues gallery the guy with the ice gun and the and the mothman there's there's there is that but ultimately the entire story is about regular people kind (laughs) of and this really noir detective story of a series of murderers taking place on holidays of every month and the frustration that Batman has, the frustration that the GCPD has. I I can see it playing out in the trailer for the Batman. Like I can see just this murderer literally becoming the bane of the existence of uh, the GCPD and Batman. So yeah, I got to go with long Halloween. If you haven't read it, go read it. I know Dan, the comic man recently read it and fell in love with it. Um, I, I think he might be on to Dark Victory now, which is a sequel. And the sequel I thought was good, but man, Halloween can't beat it. One of my favorite things about the long Halloween is how much of a detective story it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, we don't get we, we, we Nowadays, a lot of people like to focus on the, uh, they like to lean on the fact that he's a detective and they use it as a plot device so that they can figure things out fast so that they can tell their Batman action story. Right. Yeah. So, and that's a little bit. I mean, it's not lazy. I get it. You know, one of the coolest parts about Batman is that he's can fight very well. You know, he knows all the martial arts, all of them. And so right. I get it. But come on, I love to see the detective. I love to see him use his brain. I love to see him actually figure things out. And I know that that's hard for a writer because that means that they have to set up the mystery that they would have to figure out. <laughs> so. Right. I, I get it, but at the same time, I feel like that maybe that's something that you should be trying to do if you got put on to uh, write Batman, especially if you're on Detective Comics. You, you, right, you're, right. 
if you're on Detective Comics, I feel like we should have that. that, that, that those should be the Detective Batman stories. <laughs> you know yes, I mean? you have great you have great responsibility with that great power. You know, it should be it should be hard. Okay, you get paid. You get paid. Okay, I okay. You're not getting paid a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, I was saying. I was saying that I liked that. You know, the Rogues Gallery are treated as regulars. You know, even though that they some of them are grotesque, some of them are crimi- criminally insane. They're treated like regulars because they just live in Gotham. Like that's just Gotham. Very much like Hush, I like um, that the world feels like this world has just been going on. And everyone, you know, we literally see a passage of a year's time in Gotham. And instead of any one villain being the main event, even though the one villain is, you know, the holiday killer, it doesn't sit on that person. We, we move around as the mystery unfolds itself and we're as clueless as everything else. In so many um, stories... We'll get the mystery, but we'll also get the villain monologuing about the mystery in his cave, right? Like, and they'll never figure out that it was me the whole time. And we got to wait for everyone to be on the same page. But with this, yeah, the mystery has made it perfect. As you say, that's a lazy way for them to be like, leave clues so that you can try to figure it out. Like, there's other ways. There's other ways to do that. I don't need to see the guy slowly revealed. And I think I can see the shape of his face now. But like you know, I I'd like to, I'd like I'd like to first of all not know it's coming. Like, much like the long Halloween, I didn't see that coming at all. I was spoiled. I don't want to spoil it. I, I would also it. say that one of the best parts of, um, long Halloween is Two Face, Harvey Dent seeing Harvey Dent as an actual effectual, um, uh, DA. I want to say his this, job. This is like. <laughs> First time, well, 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 for sure. This is for sure the Harvey Dent. Uh, it, it, it became the seminal Harvey Dent story, and I think a lot and uh, thanks to the Dark Knight. Uh, but um, he, th- this is the Two Face origin, right? For for good. I don't think people are yeah. gonna get rid of this, and I don't even think this story was meant to be in canon. Well, it's one of those things, Two Face. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was one of those characters like Mister Freeze, where the design was thought up first and not really the backstory. Oh, yeah. And it didn't really matter why he was walking around like that. It just, it was what it was. And now he has like, Mister or Mister Freeze, uh, Harvey Dent, um, through also Dark Knight Returns. You know, between the Dark Knight Returns and this, you get a real appreciation for that character. Um, and a real understanding of what he means to Batman's mythos, Gotham, like he is the fallen hero, you know, like he is the, he is the reminder of what happens when you put something good in Gotham almost, it, it, it will corrupt it, it will burn half of it off or whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. But I do think that that character serves as a reminder of the ugly parts of Gotham. And how it can take a, a, a normal man who will dedicate himself to the greater good, just like Batman, and how it could, you know, mutilate him. I thought it was great to see how. Okay, so one thing well, I guess we didn't mention is like I, I said it was out of continuity, but really it is. It, it was. It, it, it was in continuity because I I remember now. This is all post crisis. So year yeah. one, you get year one, but you never got year two. So the idea is like. 
somebody we, we should do a year two and the book takes place over the course of one full year so you get to see batman's rogue gallery turn from the mobsters that you saw in year one to the freaked out super freak villains that he ends up dealing with for the rest of his life as we as we know him so that's a great transition there to take you from the falcons to the two faces you know that's amazing that's that's great stuff yeah and it's something that was followed suit with in the dark knight trilogy as you know we did have Roz in the in the uh, or race we did have him in the um first film but it was primarily the mobsters that they would that batman was dealing with like, and then through his escalation as you have the, uh, i like the idea that the, it's it's in it, where, where long halloween just did it as like i guess a natural thing that happened um <clears throat> the dark knight kind of blamed batman for it you know the, yeah. this, this happens because you exist your violence begets violence you 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 exist therefore nature created a power is a power more uh, strong that needs to oppose you. Or the power dyad is that what it's called yeah something like that <laughs> um no you're right uh, you uh, i get it i i quote vision mostly for this which is our existence invites challenge there it is um uh, it, this was also something that was expressed in dark knight returns the the the, who I perceive Frank Miller was trying to depict like a crackpot Dr. Oz kind of like TV therapist. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So I, that guy's that guy's all about saying like, oh, like none of these villains are really villains. They're all just trapped in Batman's macho, you know, uh, crusade, and he's actually he's created his own villains. They weren't. There was no one here before he got here. So. Th- they play with that narrative there as well. And one of the things we should mention also about Dark Knight Returns is that it's one of the first and maybe one of the only books that is also constantly tapping on what the public thinks about everything that's going on. That was great. That's great. Uh, uh, I forgot to mention that when we were talking about the Dark Knight, uh, it's the way they intercepted like news reports throughout the entire series. And then uh, that, and then, they translated that perfectly over the animation too. Like that was great. That was the, because they also mirrored some of the things like uh, that were going on at the time in real life, as right. well as some of the ideas that these people had about Batman. That kind of got that the, you know the stuff that they were saying in the trials <laughs> in the comic right. book trials and stuff. You know, is Batman gay? Yeah, stupid question. Right. Stupid questions that I guess needed to be asked by TV reporters so that you could see how stupid they are on the page, <laughs> right? But like, I think I I look back and and seeing I I look back at the panel of of the three men coming into agreement to work together, you know, Two Face or sorry Harvey Dent, uh, Batman and Commissioner Gordon, and I just think of that sweeping shot in the Dark Knight. Um, I think the Dark Knight, yeah where the camera's just spinning around them as they're on the rooftop. And I'm like, that that kind of is my Batman. Like, when we talk about um, defining Batman for me, like, that's what I think of. I think of, like, him doing his best with, alongside, you know, the GCPD and the person that he trusts the most. Like, in comparison, we got little to no Gordon in the first four Batman movies that we saw. Um, and uh, Goldman 
and Nolan got to really flesh that character out. I think it's going to be a very long time before we see a ineffectual um, Jim Gordon again. I think every time now that they cast him, it's going to be somebody that can deliver something. I've got hope for Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, I like I like because I like I like a lot of the stuff I've seen him in. So I'm not I've got the hope that his Gordon ends up great. But I don't know what's what's going on with his Batman movies. It's is it going to succeed? Is it going to be a trilogy? Is it leading something? I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) I think it would be incredibly interesting if you you can pair the um. I mean, I don't know if they want how political they want to get, but Jeffrey Wright being a black lieutenant can be an additional layer to the bullying that he gets when he first gets to GCPD. I just can't wait to see that fine, fine black Barbara Gordon. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. So what's your what's your main event? What are you going with? Uh, obviously, these aren't numbered, but what are you going with, with as uh, one of your last before we get into some of our honorable mentions? So uh, I guess you, you, Batman has been around for a long, long time. And you come into comics and as a fan, and like for me, it was pretty late. You know, it was only 10, 12 years ago. And everything's already been done, you know? Everything's already been done. Nothing that anybody comes on, as good as it is, as, as fun as it is to read, as entertaining as it is, it's probably not going to add too much of a sticky layer to Batman. And it's probably not going to add too much to Batman because he, it's already been done. He's already had everything in the world done to him. But in, in, in 2008, they gave him a son. They gave him Damian Wayne. And, 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 and I feel like Batman's time as a father is one of the most interesting times in his entire history. And I'm not saying like it's like, oh man, it's the best Batman ever, bad dad over everything. But I'm saying it's a very interesting. It's like of all the of all the I guess different versions of Batman. Other than this is a different version. I guess they all share the same history. But I guess of all the eras of Batman, this was a very very heart full full of heart Batman, which you don't get a lot because it's all about yeah. It's all about action and stoic. stoic uh, you pronounce that word? Yeah, sto- stoic. No, stoic. like you would even even in Dark Knight Returns, like the affection, quote unquote, that he shows Kathy Kelly is in comparison not yeah. very. You know, there's not a lot of love there. I, there's I love there, but you know, why Kathy Kelly would be on the mind? That's a beautiful woman. Right, right. But if you make Carrie. <laughs> Oh yes, you're right, Ka- Carrie Kelly. Ka- I always say Kathy Kelly, Carrie I- Kelly. Um, yeah, there was just like he kind of still viewed her as a soldier, but he does come around like in that weird moment in the cave where she hugs him and he's naked. And he's naked. About <laughs> like he didn't. He it wasn't. If it was put out today, Twitter would have a frenzy with it. Oh my god, Frank! I think he was. The, I think he was. I think he was addressing your. Uh, it was his Batman, Batman gay rumors. It was Batman in his most vulnerable moment, being accepted by Carrie Kelly. Anyway, but in his in his, in his most vulnerable place. In well. his most vulnerable place, too. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, but of course, you know. <laughs> right. Right. He's still naked. He's still naked. Yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. As I, as I was saying, like they, um, so Grant Morrison comes and he introduces Damian Wayne, and, and over the course of I want to say like eight nine years, he ends up telling this, you know, uh, what ends up being like a giant freaking custody battle. 
the, you know, the run, Grant Morrison's run, we've talked about it before, and it's full of all these references to Silver Age stuff and trying to make it fit into today's world. And because he has fun with that era of Batman, and that's when he grew up reading and Zurin Ra, and it's a little confusing for people, and other people get it because they like reading it two and three times and finding the things that they didn't get. <laughs> but ultimately, it is a custody battle. That's what the whole run is. It's an entire it's an entire run of Tali Agul dropping the kid off and then deciding, yeah, yeah I'm gonna try to take him back. And, and right. kid, Damien's like, no, you know, like I really fucking like this. He's my dad. <laughs> it's like, he, like, was a, he was originally sent like as a sleeper agent, as wasn't he? Sleeper agent, almost not really. It was like a you, 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 uh, you do it. <laughs> it wasn't. Right. Like, this kid is, it, it wasn't like as funny as, as or as simple as, you know, this kid is, is a shit, you know, deal with right, it. Right, right. But it was a little bit like, I I raised this kid exactly the way I raised him. And he's an assassin and he's a murderer and whatever. And it goes and it goes against all everything you are. And now you get to raise that. Deal with that. <laughs> and so then you get to see Batman deal with it. His son, who's so who's very much like him, but also has uh, polar opposite morals at in the beginning because he's a uh, he was raised by the League of Assassins, the literal League of Assassins. <laughs> so it's it's the the arc that he goes on over the next ten years. It was just such a such a such a such a fun time. Like not a fun time. It was such a. Blessing is a weird word. It was a good thing to witness. I was I was happy to be able to watch Damien go from an asshole that everybody hated, and I'm telling you, everybody hated Damien when they first introduced him. First of all, there's still a lot of people. There's still a lot of people who hate Damien. I think I think it's not it's not as much. A lot of people who hate Damien now are holdovers because in the beginning he was a universal thing. You know, it's like first yeah. of all, we give him Batman a son. Like what? That's stupid. That's not gonna last. And well, he's calling Alfred Pennyworth. <laughs> he beat the shit out of Tim Drake, like beat literally beat him, and took his Robin out. And now he's took his Robin position, and then the company took Tim Drake and just put him to the side too. So people are feeling like you took my Robin, like the company, right. and they replaced him with this shit that's not gonna last in their eyes. And then to be fair, Grant Morrison did plan on killing him in the end so so they were they were right to think that back then but damien over the course of the arc and it wasn't just grant morrison's batman it was also peter tomasi's batman and robin where yep. where you and batman and robin is where you really got the heart that's where the that's where you got the heartfelt father-son moments that's where you really got the bad dad because in grant morrison's batman it was a lot of uh other Grant Morrison-y stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Batman, Peter Tomasi's Batman and Robin, which builds off of what Grant Morrison was doing, is where you really get the heart. So I feel like I feel like you need you need them both. Even though they're like, if you just read the Grant Morrison stuff, you won't get the heart that you got that, that, that Batman and Damien have together as much as you get the Batman and Robin. But you do need the Grant Morrison stuff to kind of give you the full Damien arc because that's where Damien is killed. And that's where yeah. Batman deal with the loss and the grief and the rage. And then you get the... It, it, uh, that silent issue is one of the most oh my goodness. emotional issues I've ever I've ever read. It's, it's, it's so good. It's to the point where... Uh, Batman has to 
basically go to hell to get Damien back because right from the heretic. Yeah, from uh, from Talia. from uh, from Talia, but but um, from Dark Side too. He's got to go to the uh, the yes. Rises stuff. Puts on the Hellbat suit. He try. He only wears it for a little bit, but he does get Damien back. But um, Damien, the addition of Damien Wayne to the lore of Batman is one of my favorite things in modern Batman history, and um, I'm I'm grateful for it. So um, it's disappointing to see the direction they're going in now, but Damien's at a place now. I think that he's permanent. So whatever yeah. you do with him, it'll revert. He'll be Robin. Right. It's, I don't think I have to worry that he's gonna disappear after this because uh, he's been around long enough, and enough people have attached themselves to him, and they made some money off of him with those animated movies. So, right, right. So like, yeah. I'm not liking what they're doing now, but I can't wait for them to get back to putting Damien and his bad family. Though it's going to be interesting to see, because um, I, I guess the idea now is that Alfred has died and Batman dealt with it one way and Damien doesn't feel like he dealt with it the right way. But I feel like right. at the same time, it's a little bit of a reversion. Like I thought this Damien was past the bloodlust. Yeah, they keep, he just seems to be like that kind of person that they always drag back i feel like the same thing happens with jason on occasion like one minute he'll get a hard on for the joker for everything that happened the next minute he'll be like i don't need that that's not me anymore i'm past that and then the next story it's like i gotta kill him for what he did to me so it, it is it is a shame um i think one of the cool things about that batman and robin run you know like you said half of it is grant morris and the other half of it is tomasi is how it starts with dick um I initially had this run also on my list of things that changed Batman forever for me because for the first time I had a Batman that wasn't Bruce. And what does that mean? What does that look like? Will it be the same? Will it read the same? Or will the adventures be the same? And the answer on most parts was no, it wasn't the same, but it was a different kind of good as well. It was uh, Dick's, yeah, Dick's Batman. Um, Rob, uh, Damien's reluctance to, you know, fight alongside him first for a little bit. Um, but then that reluctant friendship slash partnership is extremely rewarding, extremely rewarding. I I just, I felt like the return was a bit lackluster. Um, it's just like like Batman's back (laughs) comes from, it just, oh, well, it, I don't know about lackluster because it was just wild, confusing as hell. I tell, you, I tell people all the time, The Return of Bruce Wayne is the first comic book story that I, I, I was uh, like, I read Final Crisis and it melted my mind, but I kind of understood what was going on. But right. Return of Bruce Wayne, I had no idea what was going on. Is he traveling time? What is <laughs> that, that hyper adapter stuff is a, is a bit much. So I had to go on Wikipedia. And then once I understood what was happening, I would go back and look through it again. And I was like, okay, okay. I get it. This is kind of fun. But you, you, I, I've, if you got it the first time you read it without anybody's annotations or Grant Morrison doing interviews online, <laughs> right, right. kudos. And I don't believe you. <laughs> no, it is it is absolute madness, and it, you you know, it, you go from that kind of crazy world that Grant Morrison is absolutely known to create, um, to you, like you said it best, just heart. To Peter Tomasi was just able to create just these lovely moral stories and for Bruce and Damien, and 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 yeah, and moments. Um, 
where the the focus was on them and on them as a team uh where i feel like a lot of batman comics and batman stories have shifted over to feeling like the villains are more interesting um it was this run here that changed batman for me forever because it also showed me how in my eyes how essential robin is as a character um there was there was a lot done in my time to push him away <laughs> there was a lot done in my time to replace him and name him everything under the book so there was a lot in my mind that said eh, batman's just batman he's done enough of this by himself what does it what does any of it matter and it's true you can have a, a batman story told on its own and it's amazing but if you can nail the robin of it all if you can get that story across and get an actor who knows what he's doing and get that relationship off the ground everything means more every every fight every you know every loss every triumph uh all of it just means so much more so with the idea that somebody else could be batman and it not be bruce and with the idea that um what a robin can really mean to a batman first by having dick who doesn't necessarily have to deal with damien's crap deal with it and then bruce Bruce is hands down a character, especially if you don't know too much about the comics, that you would consider as somebody who would flip off anyone. Flip him off and walk away, right? Screw it. He did it to the Justice League. Y'all going to vote me out? Forget it. I'm out. Um, But now he has somebody he can't necessarily do that to. And what does that mean? (laughs) And how does that patience uh, work? And how does that change Batman as a character? Um, I... I think it's one of the most risky things they could have done. Cause again, I always think that family members are, can get a bit wonky. If you don't have to, if you don't take the time to flesh them out, they just become son of brother of, you know, uh, but I, they killed it with this. And hopefully they find a way to return to this level of uh, balance. Um, once, you know, Scott Snyder didn't write a lot of Batman Robin stuff. And then, once he went to Rebirth, uh, they f- just put, kind of put Damien on the Titans and the Super Sons. But I hope that sometime soon, um, even if we get back to it in animation, even if we get some live action of it, we need to see some of that uh, Bat Dad and some of that Damien Wayne. That's got to be coming soon. I honestly feel like when they gave Damien the leadership of the Teen Titans, and, I mean, not the leadership, but the, he was getting that. Uh, in the animated universe, and I feel like I'm testing, it's testing the waters for something. Animation is always first step for comics. Yeah. But um it's coming. That it's gotta be coming. It's 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 almost it would be a waste if they didn't. I'm glad they figured that out with Super Dad. But uh yeah. uh hopefully they get it with Batman. Yeah I'm hoping. Um those are the best and the brightest. I have a couple here listed just for, you know, honorable mentions, things that people should check out. I think right up there with the Batman and Robin series that we were talking about, a good accompany, uh, accompanying story is Battle for the Cow. It's pretty short, um, but you get to see why Dick kind of refused the cow in the first place, um, what Batman means to people and what him, him being gone means to people. I think especially um, Commissioner Gordon, uh, his stuff is really um, interesting in that Battle for the Cow comic. We can't talk Batman without talking Nightfall. You know, um, Nightfall, Night Quest, and Night to End, where um, Batman is, after like 
a whole night of crime fighting um, is attacked by Bane in his mansion and has his back broken, um, uh, which then causes a new Batman to arise in John Paul Valley, a.k.a. Azrael, and everything that ends up coming out from there. Um, we've seen the breaking of the bat happen in animation. It's, it happened in The Dark Knight Rises. It's one of the most... Um, most influential stories that they talk about of the 90s what do you know about no man's land i i know of it and i know that i've had to go back and see what it was about because it's been referenced and as much as i know it's was like the giant as far as i know because i i i know it's long and i don't have the time right. to read that yet and it wasn't exactly on the list of required reading when i was first starting so i don't know that i want to go back and do it now but I know there was an earthquake. And I know Gotham. <laughs> I, I know. I know Gotham was was unusable almost, right? <laughs> for a long, for like a a good period of time. I hear like it's some it's something similar to the end of Dark Knight Rises, where the bridges are down, so like it becomes its own island where no one, can, nothing can come in and out. And I think that's where a lot of what the where the drama is built from. I said um, I know that they took from that for the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and that's where I that's why I think that was around the time where I was like, well, let me go see what it's it's reference. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so it's so long. It's like a humongous miniseries. I mean not miniseries, I'm um crossover event and I have it I keep looking at it and I'm just like, one day I will. Trust me, I, I'll, I'll get there. I've seen it in trade paperbacks, and I'm like, huge, huge trade paperbacks, and it's like part one. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> right, right, right. And the, the, some of those, some of those massive crossovers include titles that aren't like didn't last very long. <laughs> so it'll be like Commissioner Gordon and Spoiler Number One, and you're like, what is what is this? But yeah, I, I got to get on No Man's Land. Um, just recently, I read The Saga of Ra's al Ghul, uh, written by Denny O'Neill, uh, with art by Neil Adams. Um, it's just an issue. Of, it's just several issues of uh, the Batman, you know, the, the regular Batman comic. But like 232 is when he's introduced. Uh, you got 242 to 244, which is, you know, the battle in the desert, all that kind of stuff there. Um, I, I... As I grow older, I start to get more and more of a, I become more and more of a fan of Ra's al Ghul, Raish al Ghul. Um, obviously, I have ties because I'm a huge Damian Wayne fan. That's his grandpa. So I have that that whole that whole mythos um, in, uh, interests me. Um, Ra's al Ghul in general became so popular that he showed up in the Dark Knight trilogy. He's been in animated versions. He's been in Gotham. They literally aped this entire storyline for Arrow. Um, so that happened as well. Aped a lot of Batman storylines for Arrow, but fair, <laughs> yeah, to be fair, there yes. was not five seasons worth of Green Arrow stories <laughs> no. for TV. <laughs> I love how they got to Long Bull Hunters like the last, the last season. <laughs> like, I guess we could do some Arrow it, stuff. <laughs> it's only like <laughs> Long Bull Hunters, the Kevin Smith stuff, that's, right? Quiver, that's. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I guess we can do, if we're going to be doing the last season or so, I guess we could do some Arrow stuff. 
uh, um, which is hilarious. But what I found was incredibly interesting is it's detailed in the first and second time you meet Ra's al Ghul, everything that we know. The fact that he's the leader of the League of Assassins, the fact that he has the Lazarus Pit that brings him back to life, the fact that Talia is deeply in love with him, and the fact that he respects him enough to want him to be his successor. And I thought that was all very interesting to lay literally in the debut because that becomes so much of their relationship. And from the very beginning, all that detective, detective stuff, oh, I love Ra's al Ghul as a, as a villain. I love um, his deep amount of respect. Do you have anything on there? As yeah, far I definitely as, uh, agree with you. Honorable mention? Yeah, I was going to say, oh, as, uh, when it comes to honorable mentions, uh, The Black Mirror. Uh, written by Scott Snyder. I, oh, wanna say I love Black Mirror. Black Mirror is awesome. I want to say it's the first Snyder Batman story. It was about Dick. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. I was doing my research for um, Joker, uh, the Joker 80th. And yes, uh, Black Mirror was his first story. It was uh, It was great. This newer, uh, sometimes horror. It was just great, great stuff. And then Snyder would go on to do it again in, in the Court of Owls. And then I arguably after that, I would I would disagree. But <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I think things kind of fall apart in... Um, well, uh, in, in Snyder's Batman, uh, but I would also tell people to check out Death of the Family. Um, I think it is a you know it's a massive um, uh, crossover spanning across all the titles dealing with Batman and the Batman family. And Joker has come back; his face is ripped off. Um, there's a lot of creepy imagery. There's a lot of um, it just shows you the the, the pure. Sc- scale of the batman universe you know all the robins batgirl catwoman alfred uh gordon nightwing um the teen titans you know like all these people wrapped up in this and what happens when the joker comes back and decides he's going to start taking out uh the members of batman's family because he feels that they are what's getting in the way of him and batman's relationship which is also really kind of messed up and if you're doing that read death in the family um which is where uh batman murders jason todd and the movie is coming soon i guess again yes weird stuff yeah choose your own yeah choose your own adventure choose your not choose to not kill him now this time i guess story uh i also want to mention and this is like the, the these two stories are pretty short but I think they're really, really cool. Check out Batman Cult, where uh, he is being dehydrated and tortured by Deacon Blackfire. And uh, like the artwork in that and him going crazy is some of the most creative stuff I've ever seen. And then I really, really like Batman Venom, where Batman just gets over it. He's like over fighting crime. He's like, this is never going to end. They just keep getting stronger. And then he finds like some sort of like drug that makes him like stronger but yes. drug makes him go crazy Crackhead and up. then yes and he just becomes this maniacal uh vigilante and then he's like no screw it i'm just gonna kick it and he just locks himself into the into the bat cave uh cold turkey and uh through pure force of will kicks the drug habit and comes out with a miraculous beard and hair 
Um, and just the just like uh, people say all the time that one of Batman's powers, if you want to say call him a superhero, is that he has super will power. And that like the idea that, you know what, I'm just going to kick crack by just sitting in my basement for a couple weeks and I'll, I'll just be over it. Like that's Batman. Like that's that's the willpower right there. I I know I I want to say another story I want to honorable mention here. This is a cute little story too because we're just talking Batman stories that you should read. It's a tiny little story from Annual Number One from Tom King's Batman run, and it's just mm-hmm. a little story of how he got Ace the Bat Hound. Oh it's yes, a fun little Christmas era story. It's like five pages long. I think Tom King shared it for free once. It, I think it yeah. won an Eisner Award or something like that. But it's fun, fun little story of how Batman made Ace. I got some heart in there too. Definitely some heart. And obviously, um, these are all Batman title stuff. There's a bunch of stuff in Justice League stories. You see how integral he is to the injustice world of comics. A lot of the you know big decisions about Batman were made in those comics. Um, got them by Gaslight, Elseworld stories like that. Um, I love Tower of Babel, which was adapted into Justice League Doom. I think it is uh, a story in which Batman has all of the Justice League's weaknesses cataloged and um, they are uh, stolen by villains and used against the Cape Crusader. And the Justice League for the first time has to see him as somebody who literally planned each one of their deaths in case he needed to. it's literally when people think of Batman contingency plans, this is what they think of. This is the story they're talking about. Um, Tower of Babel. Check it out. Check out Brother Eye, um, which you makes I guess, which means you have to check out Identity Crisis. Um, but I don't hate Identity Crisis. I don't think it deserves all the hate that it gets. Yes, Sue was <laughs> wholesome. Yes. Sue got raped, but I think that that story wouldn't have worked without it because right. that there was the, it was meant to be dark because that that it, it I, I it, <laughs> the punishment the punishment that they ultimately gave or came up with for Doctor Light was supposed to be something that was supposed to be perceived as inhumane yeah. or crossing the line. So he uh, had to the to point that yeah. Be inhumane and cross the line, and it's and it's one it's it's one of those things where I absolutely understand the idea that something like this might trigger someone, but I also feel like if we're at a place right now in society where the st- we tell our stories and we're not glorifying anything. It's just a story that's told with consequences. I don't think that it should be censored for that or hated. I mean, it's- no, I, I agree. Because what you're ultimately saying is that um, like these things exist. Like If this is what villains do, then they do all of it. We can't just show the robbings, the stealings. This is another level of the worst of the worst. And what happens when our heroes are faced with that? So it's easy, cut and dry. Oh, you know, I'll just... You know, he robbed the bank, victimless crime, no one got shot, he goes in jail. But what about those that actively choose to hurt other people? How do you respond to them? And I think that if not for anything else, 
um, the story is worth it just for Batman's response to the whole Dr. Light situation. Um, I think it's incredible. And the Batman's response, once he finds out that they have, um, yeah, taken out his mind, my God, man. Like, I felt, I was all completely Team Bruce. I was like, yeah, like, because you he's somebody that is so methodical with everything that the idea that somebody would take time away from him and away from his mind, it's madness. Also, that Deathstroke scene, brilliant. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't like that. They didn't like that Deathstroke could do that. He was OPing, OPing everybody. But I thought that that was brilliant. I thought that Deathstroke needed that moment. Because that's yeah, a, he needs to let people know who he is. Like, that's something I can point at now. Oh, you th- think Deathstroke's nothing? Let me show you something real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but man, go back, read any of the stories that we mentioned here today. Um, Batman is somebody who is, like you said, so long as creators continue to want to carry the heavy load of the mythos and add their own stories brick by brick, this will become a castle, you know, that he can be proud of at the end of the day. Um, there's not many, there's heroes that have been around as long as Batman, but have not been given the stories that Batman has or not been given the level of um, gravitas, the sophistication sometimes it's like, this is for a guy who dresses up like a bat. And yeah, he is that in many ways, but through directors, writers, artists, and other people, he can be shown to be so much more. And I think that's why he's lasted as long as he's lasted here. Um, It looks like the next big thing that we'll be getting as far as Batman is concerned is the Batman. Uh, And hopefully we get that next year, right? 2021 in June? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be waiting for that. I can't wait for that. Um, But if you can't wait, I'm pretty sure we've covered Hush, Court of Owls, Uh, a lot of these other stories on the major issues podcast, which that's what you're listening to right now. So thank you so much for lasting this long in our Batman love fest. But every episode of the major issues podcast is available at comicbookclick.com, which is the one stop for all the things comic book click our merchandise, every episode of the major issues podcast, our articles, and it's where you can contact each and every one of us, uh, who are co-hosts here on the Major Issues podcast. Um, I was also a guest on a podcast last week, last Friday, I believe it came out. So I'm going to go ahead and post that link in the show notes as well, where I was on the Ren Pod talking some of the greatest comics of all time. You know what I ended up naming as my number one on the spot? What you uh, The Dark Phoenix Saga. Really? But Yeah, on the spot, thinking about it, I was like, I think one of the greatest comic book stories of all time is the Dark Phoenix saga. And I think it's mostly because of, I, I think it's never been handled the right way. Even which almost the, tells me. Even in the original huh? comic, it wasn't handled the right way. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. They, they had to, they had to call it audible at the end with the whole uh, death of Jean Grey thing. But yeah, like just all of it. And even that, that added to it to me, like that adds to the mythos so much. Like this idea that like Jean Grey has killed this amount of people, something has to happen because of that. Like we have to figure something out. Um, I love this so much. So yeah, follow that. So 
The Major Issues Podcast available wherever podcasts are found. Podbean, Stitcher, the Podcast Attic app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We recently got on Amazon Music. I think I heard a, uh, I got a, yeah, I got a notification last week that we are officially on Amazon Music. Um, but yeah, we're wherever podcasts are found. So make sure that you like, share, and subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, if you like what we're doing, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't like about what we're doing here. But I've been to the future where there's a thousand more uh, Batman comics. And when we get to that future, we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media. So make sure you get on the bandwagon before it's full. Uh, we're closing in on episode 150. So I am excited for the journey and it gets more and more rewarding every single week with you guys uh, as a part of it. But I think we're about done for tonight as we lay this episode of the podcast to rest. But my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. Jonathan Escudero here, a.k.a. Yogi. And you could reach us at facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. And remember, whether or not you believe guns are the tool of the enemy, whether you think that you should become a bat, whether you're hiding right underneath the bed, underneath the hood, live in a city of owls, or am vengeance personified, remember... We are the click, and remember, you, yes, you, are worthy. 